Hi, this is Craig, and welcome to this episode of Leaders with Craig Miller. This is the podcast where we speak with leaders and discuss real-life challenges and practices to becoming more effective at work and in life. I want to start by just saying thank you again for all the feedback that I continue to get. And what I keep hearing is that these episodes where I am not interviewing a leader, but actually talking about what I'm seeing and what I'm learning from working with leaders around the world has been helpful and valuable. So I'm glad. And uh, today's episode, I hope, is no exception. The theme of the episode today is learning how to say no. And I would say that this is one of those key learning areas for almost every leader that I work with. And what we're going to do today is explore a little bit about why it's so difficult. What are the costs of not being able to, to say no? And, and as always, with some practices on how I can learn to build that muscle. So I hope that you find the episode interesting and most importantly, valuable for your work. Learning to say no for many of us, and I include myself, uh, has been a challenge and I'll even say personally, a lifelong challenge. I come up against it in my work constantly and interestingly see that there are many challenges that come with this inability to say no in a meaningful way and in a way that takes care of people's customers, stakeholders, and most importantly, themselves, so that they can take better care of their teams as leaders. So as we start the episode today, let's just take a look at what is actually the challenge. I think to create some context, the challenge that I see is that there are two extremes on the continuum. There are at one end, the narcissist, who truly is just focused on themselves, um, is often portrayed as a bully and the kind of sort of command and control leader that is just telling people what to do. And on the other end of the spectrum is the complete people pleaser uh, leader who's looking for, for harmony and having a really, really hard time with conflict. I think that in many ways, the challenge of saying no has a lot more to do with the latter. That, so I don't think any of us are exactly at the far end of, any, of the spectrum, but all of us can find ourselves somewhere in that spectrum. And I think oftentimes the farther we are, the closer we are to being a people pleaser is where this, this topic may have more relevance. Another challenge is that it truly seems impossible when we are in the situation. What it feels like is we don't have a choice. If the board says this has to be done, how could I possibly say no to a board member? How could I say no to my boss? And what's interesting as we keep investigating, keep looking at it, is that the ability to say a small no and a big no, I find, is coming from the same place. But I do understand from personal experience and that of my clients that this this concept of it simply is not possible um, is at least the way it feels and the way it looks often. And beyond the actual act of pushing back, which by the way is hard enough, what it does is it often triggers our deeper fears of not being accepted, of not being liked and possibly touches our imposter syndrome, which we've, ta- we've talked about on this, on this podcast before. Um, this idea of, if I say no, I will be found out. I will be exposed. I will be seen as someone who's not a team player, who can't handle the pressure. Um, and 
quite honestly, as someone said about the imposter syndrome, I'll have that tap on the shoulder on the dance floor and be asked to step off, <laughs> um, which is, you know, it's often our biggest fear. And so what we do to combat that, of course, is we just keep saying yes to everything. So what is the cost of doing precisely that, of saying yes too often, or let's be even more productive, of not being able to say no more often? I think the, the first cost is that it is what leads us to overwhelm. And I would say that one of the common denominators of almost all of my coaching work is helping leaders deal with this mood of overwhelm, of committing to more than I have capacity to produce. That's the definition that I like the most for overwhelm. So what happens when we don't say no and we enter into overwhelm? What this means is that if we are not willing to fail, and of course for, most, for many of us who have a hard time saying no, our biggest fear is to let other people down, which means not producing the outcome, not actually creating the, del the deliverable is not an option. So what do we do? We do it ourselves. We spend weekends on the laptop. We say no to the family dinner. We spend Friday nights while the family is out in the backyard. We are inside working on that presentation, redoing the slides that were sent to us in the morning that we finally have a chance to look at because we actually didn't say no to having them ready on Monday when we knew the only chance was weekend to fix this. The irony of wanting to take care of others means that saying no is so hard, and yet it's really horrible because we end up in our worst nightmare, which is either not fulfilling the deadline, letting someone else down, or just being overwhelmed and having to do it ourselves. And so I know from experience from coaching leaders that many of you listening to this right now have that familiar look on your face or that sort of dread in your body of, yep, I know exactly what that is and it's not okay. Another cost of not being able to say no is that it creates distrust and frustration for your team because you are leading them right into that overwhelm. So I wanna be really clear, it's not just you that's suffering and even if you are the one spending Friday night redoing the slides, the team is not quite in your camp and following you to the, to the best of their ability because they see that you are unable to push back and that you're unable to create boundaries when that's necessary. Playing too small of a game is another cost to not being able to say no. What do I mean by that? I mean that the game we're playing sometimes is just not drowning as opposed to playing offense. Learning to say no means that our yeses can be so much bigger. So what I see in my clients is because they're not able to say no, they're playing a very tactical day-to-day -day operational role as opposed to pushing back on things that truly are not as important so that they can focus on more strategic issues so that they can take on bigger yeses that have more value for the organization and not be so busy trying to get stuff done that actually could have been pushed back. We also lose touch with what matters, with what we care about, and I would even say we begin to lose our power. So by not being able to push back and say no, we are 
the metaphor that I use is for many of my clients is does it feel sometimes like you're in a river and you're not actually choosing where you get off the river, where you go. The river is simply pulling you and life is happening to you at work. So the ability to be able to push back and say, actually, this is not what we're going to do. This is not something I can commit to. And this is something that I'm committed to is an act of power. And when we don't have that move, we can actually lose not only our power, but the ability to take care of what, what we care about. Eventually, just in closing in terms of my reflection on what I see the cost of not being able to say no, eventually, um, as my wife termed it back in my corporate days, you can, you can actually take this to what is what I call Sunday depression or the mood of resentment. You can get, or even the mood of resignation. So you can get to the point where you're so overwhelmed, you're so feeling out of control and that you don't have the ability to use your power that you begin to spend your Sundays dreading Monday morning and going back to work. And this mood of resignation, which is a mood that sounds like this, it doesn't really matter what happens, nothing is going to change. This is in some ways about as bad as it gets and can be a tremendous blanket that's very difficult to deal with. And one of the ways to actually lift that blanket and lift out of that depression is precisely by learning how to and practicing pushing back and saying no. So as we do on this podcast, let's take a look at some of the first steps, some of the practice areas that I have seen that many of my clients and myself that have been successfully able to enact and practice and put in the world. A first question that I think is really important and that I would suggest for everyone listening is what is the worst thing that could happen? Really play it out. So there's a request coming to you and you have always considered that saying no is simply not possible. And I would challenge that and say, if you say no, what is really the worst thing that's going to happen? Will you be fired? Will you never find another job? Will you and your family starve? I've never seen that. It's interesting because I've lived it in my head personally. I've seen it in many of my client conversations. And yet when we play it out for real, it never has that ending. So, but it's a great place to go. What is the worst thing that could happen here for real? Another thing that I think is important when you build this practice is remember that asking for help is an option. So your team is there, your boss is there. A vulnerable and courageous leadership move is to be very honest with your team, with your boss, and say, I am not great at saying no. And I'm seeing that by not saying no, it's having huge consequences for all of us. So I'm going to practice this. And what I'm going to ask is that when I say no, and it may be a little clunky in the beginning, and when I push back, please know that I'm not saying no because I don't care about taking care of you. I'm saying no because I want my yeses to be more trustworthy and I want to be able to prioritize and I'm going to look for ways to make counter offers and push back rather than say yes to everything. Another area that I think is really important is this question that I learned from Bob Dunham 
What do I care about? What do I really care about? So as someone who has had a hard time saying no my entire life, I am really good at walking into a room and knowing what everyone else cares about. The question, what do I care about, was the lowest on my list. It was incredibly difficult for me and has been very life-changing and for many of my clients as well. So that would be an invitation to practice is as you're practicing pushing back, also get really clear what matters to you. Observe and prioritize what do I want? And although that's very uncomfortable for many of us, really begin to say, this is what I care about, this is what I'm here to produce, and that will help me create a North Star that lets me know where I should say yes, and of course, if I don't wanna live in overwhelm, where I need to start saying no. Starting really small and pushing back is often the key. So seek out a bit of conflict and just say no a few times. I have worked with many clients over these years where they're looking for very, very small instances because to the body, the fear is exactly the same. It's exactly the same to say no to someone in a social situation as it is to your boss on a huge project. So look for opportunities to walk into the conflict, to say, you know what? I'm actually not gonna go on the weekend trip because I'd rather do something else, as an example, and observe the impact. Did the world implode? Did your friends say they never wanna see you again? This is the movie that we create in, the he in our heads. My question is, what does it really look like in real life? And can you actually begin to practice small no's as a way to building up to larger ones? One other <laughs> invitation that I would create and just to share with you all, I have a list that I have been keeping for years and years because I personally continue to work on saying no and I celebrate. So it's on my MacBook and it's in the notes and I have one called saying no. And when I push back on things and I still do every day, well, that's not, that's not true, not every day, but I still do, let's say at least a monthly, I have pretty large no's where someone makes a request and asks me to work on a project and I know that it's not aligned and I say no. Or someone asks me to go and be in a certain geography or take a certain trip and I know that it's not aligned with what I'm trying to do with my family and I still have these old stories and these old fears of that will mean that they don't count on me anymore, they won't call me back, they, I, I, my work will be obsolete, et cetera, et cetera. I celebrate these. I actually write them down and celebrate that I'm still practicing flexing that muscle and sharing and, and, and saying no. Years and years ago, I had in my what do I care about declaration, I still do, that my family comes first. And one of the, reasons, one of the ways that I measured my family coming first is I was committed to never being away more than one weekend. So I, would, I was willing to go on the road and be working during the week and even have to spend a weekend, one weekend away from my family, but not two in a row. And I had a request from a client to go from Spain to the US for back-to-back week-long projects. Economies of scale, great opportunity for the client, for me to basically do, I think it was like one week in New York and another week in Dallas, I don't remember, but 
it was a great opportunity. And what it meant is that I was going to be gone for two weekends, possibly even three, because just to get to these places and work the whole week. And so my response to the client was, I can be at one of those projects, but not both. And I think it was, I remember my heart beating. I was so, I was so nervous. I thought that would be the end of, this was actually closer to the start of my business. I didn't think it was going to work and that I would be asked to never come back again. It wasn't the case. It was actually respected. And it's just another story that I share in learning that we make these things up and it's okay to live your values and to begin to push back. And what it did is it reinforced who I was, what I cared about. And of course, when I did that one week with the client, I was in a much better place and a much better coach, to be honest. Another story that I want to share and um, that just happened recently, I was sitting in an airport lounge with a client and this client said to me, we were talking a little bit about overwhelm and calendar and this whole concept of working on the business as opposed to in the business. And the client said, you know what, Craig, having a packed calendar is like a drug. We're addicted to it and we feel completely uncomfortable when the, when the calendar is not full, when the agenda is not packed. And we feel guilty and afraid that we won't be useful. And so we just keep saying yes and keep filling up the calendar, even though intellectually we know it shouldn't be like that. I think it was incredibly wise what this person was sharing. And I think it's worth looking at is one of the reasons that we're not saying no one of the reasons that we continuously have back-to-back -back calls when we know that as a leader, that doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make sense that the captain of the ship is constantly running around or rowing, metaphorically, as opposed to having space and time to think about, are we on course? And to observe those that are running around and rowing and seeing who needs help. So we know this, and yet, Sometimes the fear of being obsolete, of not being busy, is greater and keeps us from actually pushing back. I thought that that was a really interesting observation and wanted to share. So in summary, what I would say as always is that leadership is a performance art, that saying no is simply another leadership fundamental practice. It's like scales on the clarinet, it's like learning to pass the ball and practicing passing the ball in football. So it is absolutely something that we can practice starting today, starting tomorrow. Look for one area where you are seeing that you're being pulled into something that's not fully aligned with what you care about, that doesn't quite meet a realistic deadline or something that you want to do or should do and practice pushing back. Make a counteroffer. I'm not gonna do that, but here's what I can offer instead. Decide right now a situation maybe that you've agreed to or will be doing soon and actually push back and see what happens. And lastly, like I often say, please bring compassion. Please bring yourself, give yourself permission to be a beginner and keep asking for help and let people know that it's hard for you. So this is an act of vulnerability. It is 
one of this one of the secret sauces that I've learned in my career is that when things are really tough, I will actually say to the other person, this is hard for me. And immediately I can see their energy shift into listening to me in a different way and becoming an ally. And then I ask them to work with me as I say no to them, which is so amazing. So that would be my invitation is go look for one instance where you can say no and push back and then take a look at the impact. What happened? What did you learn? And what's next? As always, I hope you found today's episode interesting and relevant. I will say that it has been one of my lifelong practices as I shared during the episode, and it is often a recurring theme for my coaching clients. The ability to push back, to say no. And by the way, as I work with teams, which I do around the world, it's exactly the same conversation. So I'm often helping leadership teams learn how to, as a team, say no and make counteroffers to their stakeholders. Because one of the recurring conversations I see so many times with teams is that they keep having their workshops be about prioritization. And then two, three weeks, two months later, they've gotten 10 new requests and they're completely overwhelmed again. So I invite everyone to keep practicing and certainly hope that you take something from today's episode. I'm Craig Miller and reminding you that leadership is a performance art and it's learned and improved through practice. I invite you to keep listening to upcoming episodes, find new ideas, and then go out and practice in your life and work. And as always, if you found this conversation relevant and useful, please share with others. Please also send us your feedback and comments. And thanks for listening.